Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. You're listening to the Joe Mays and Jay Raff Show, giving you weekly sports analysis, opinions, and discussion. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Jay Raff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 173rd episode of the Joe Mays and Jay Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, alongside of me, co-host Jay Raff. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, we get to I kind of talked about some of the things we didn't get to last week. Um, I know it's going to be a big week for you. Um, we jokingly said earlier, I said this is like your Oscars week. Yeah, we, <laughs> my wife and uh, and you know a couple of the other ladies in our group are are big into the Oscar celebration, but they mostly want to judge people on the red carpet. Uh, but yeah, you uh, you know, in jest alluded to this being the week of my Oscars, and I pointed out that well, my Oscars is more than just a four or five hour affair. My Oscars is actually three evenings. And technically, when you get to Saturday, excuse me, day three is that that's a marathon. The, the first night is a sprint. Everyone's excited. It's the biggest night. You got 32 first round picks in normal years. As long as the Patriots aren't cheating, we have 32 first round picks. And, you know, then you get to the second night, and, you know, then there's still a lot of football fans paying attention. Rounds two and three are big. Usually those players can still have a, an impact in the first year or their great depth of first year building into something. But then when you get to around four through seven on Saturday, that's when you have the diehards come out. That's when you have people that, you know, eat, breathe, sleep, everything football. And they, you know, they're college fans, they're pro fans. They want to see what their team's doing. They want to see what their college players are making. These are the guys that end up really can sometimes take your team over the top because they're going to be cheaper in terms of cost to the team. But also you're going to have them locked in. And, you know, you might have still gotten a great player earlier, but if you find those great guys in the later rounds or even as an undrafted drafted guy, those are what happens and does do wonders to your team. Um, and some of the ones that are, have been great at that, like the Packers and Ravens, we've seen both those teams win championships in the last five, six years. Uh, you know, so the rounds four through seven and undrafted, while they don't gra- grab the headlines and, you know, the casual fan doesn't care, that's really where, you know, championship teams are made. Yeah. You know, when, when we look at it, you know, we'll, after the draft and all that, we'll talk about draft grades and all those things. And that's so tough because we're still grading them before they ever, you know, set foot on the field for a game with these teams. Um, That's why it's always interesting. And I I know you look at these when, when you kind of look at um, kind of like the redrafts or the regrades of draft classes, you know, after a season or two or three, you know, sometimes they'll go back and, kind of regrade teams drafts and um, that's always interesting because sometimes guys that you know were kind of flying under the radar you know have a bigger impact guys you know turn out to be busts all that stuff essentially if you can get solid contributors if you get a star early on like that's that's fantastic but as long as you just don't miss with like those first couple days or the first two days of those picks 
you know, you you can be okay. But really, the, how I kind of judge it is, I look if my team, if they if they're okay with the first couple, like the first two days, if those guys you know are contributing, you know, you have you should have some starters there, all those things. But if you're if your back end guys, the guys that got drafted Saturday, if they make the team, um, you know, now again, obviously other factors can play into this, but that that shows that you you might have made some good hits there or some good picks uh, in in those late days where you got guys that are you know of some value to the team. Um, so you, you like to see where those guys, you know, I say that because the Eagles have, I say historically over the last fifteen years or so, have had some guys not just in the late rounds who didn't make the team, you know, when, when they were drafting them, you know, like fourth or fifth round, that's a little frustrating because at that point you still uh, would like to see those guys pan out. Um, but, you know, it, it'll be interesting to kind of see how, how it plays out. Um, I think um, we, we saw it when free agency came about. Um, this year was unlike many others in terms of um, the trades, the dealings that went on. Um, and I think in the, over the last few years, we've seen some trades, you know, uh, the Redskins traded for RG3, um, you know, and it's interesting when you look at what they had to give up to get RG3 and you look at some of these other teams that are looking to move now that aren't going to give anything close to that, even if they give what's considered high, you know, a high price, nothing close to that. Um, but this year seems to be like there's a lot of hype that there might be a lot of movement again. Um in the days leading up to or on the days of the draft. Yeah, I think you mentioned the movement, and I think that's a key point. I talked a couple of weeks ago with uh, Kyle Krabs from NDT Scouting about is this a strong draft? And, you know, he pointed out, and I agreed with him, that while it's not, you know, top-heavy, it's a deep draft, especially at a few positions, but he only gave 15 first-round grades, which brings it – us back to your point about trading that means that he felt and I've seen other people mention this that there's about 15 players that are truly worth a first round pick which means there should be teams wanting to get into the top 15 to land right. that guy but then people who might be in the top be like you know these top 15 guys don't fit our needs we think we can get have, more I'd by trading back right I want three, in the second right. round exactly I want right. I want two or three second round or third, you know whatever the mixture is so that's why we think there could be a lot of movement um and some of that movement could be with the yeah. team that's kind of important to a lot of our listeners being the Eagles and it all comes back to Marcus Mariota. I talked to Kyle Krabs about that as well. Uh, when we spoke two weeks ago, he would absolutely think that it would be a great get for the Eagles because Mariota was his top ranked player. He's the guy that, you know, <laughs> if the team wants to go and get him, he'd be all for it. Um, but then you talk about mortgaging the future. Is it, you know, is it worth giving up a bunch of picks or as we've heard recently now, players that are currently on your roster and, you know, cemented in the NFL as already being able to perform, is it worth getting rid of those guys to land this quarterback? And that's, you know, it's a ton of what ifs and it all it comes down to that all the time. Are we overestimating how much Chip Kelly wants to get Mariota? Because everyone just kind of makes this and, connection. Yeah. Does and, he really want to do this? But there's also been a lot of talk of not a lot. There's been some talk of Man, he's got everyone. If he if he's not going to make a move for Mariota, he's got everyone in a perfect spot because everyone thinks he's going to. Everyone thinks he's going to try and get him. And so, you know, someone else, if they want him, might over overpay for him, or you know, a team may take him and then not really want. You know, it it no one really knows how it's going to work out, which is which is kind of interesting. Um, 
it would be crazy if the Buccaneers took him. That would that would throw a wrench into everything. That every would definitely throw a wrench into everything. Uh, I don't know exactly if anyone expects that. Although, I think before we, we move on or maybe address it a little bit more, I will th- show this picture that I sent out earlier. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see my tweet from earlier? I did. I did, yeah. Um, so, I sent this out on our on our um, um, Joe Mays and JR show Twitter page. And I'm going to pull it up for you here. And um, I know it might be a little bit hard to see. if you're, Hopefully, you're watching us on Ustream. It's the best way to watch the show. Um, let me see if I can zoom in here a, bit, a little bit and blow this up for you. Um, this is a fan speak um, on the clock draft simulator that I was just toying with earlier today. I was using the Titan because I was working on my mock draft and just trying to get an idea. I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert on every team. So I was doing research on a bunch of team needs and a few prospects I wasn't as familiar with as I am with a few of the others. And uh, I was choosing the Titans and, you know, I was going to take Marietta too, because that's what I was going with in my mock. Do I think the Titans are going to take him? Not necessarily, but I think a team's going to trade there to land him, be it, the Titans just take him, or be it the Browns, the Jets, the Eagles, uh, the Rams. You know, there could be a bunch of teams that could just, you know, whatever, if the Rams aren't sold on foals. But anyways, so I ran this, and the first wrench was thrown immediately at me when the Bucks took Mariota. So I was like, well, I'll just take Winston because I want them going one, two, and I want to see how the draft plays out. You want them to face off week one? Oh, and I do. <laughs> and I actually want to do research into this. When was the last time two rookie quarterbacks started their careers against one another? So that's something I'm going to be doing. I'm using pro football reference to try to, to land some of that data. I've and seen you're doing some research this week. I have been doing some <laughs> research, yes. And there's, there's, there's a story behind everything, and we'll get to that um, eventually. But, you know, I wanted to see Mariota Winston going 1-2, maybe how the draft would play out. And I pulled up a few teams just to see how they, they drafted, and I was like, oh, huh, it's funny. It's Eagles landed uh, Eric Kendricks, which is the brother of Michael Kendricks, who could be involved in the trade to get Mariota. And I was like, Okay, they went outside linebacker. Justin and I have talked about that, too, that it's potential for them to do that with, you know, Trent Cole being released. Connor Barwin, while having a stellar year, I think is now being overrated. Uh, they re-signed Brandon Graham, but, you know, he's always an injury issue. They have Marcus Smith from last year, but he was a big reach and didn't do anything this past season. And just real quick, that's going to be a key factor for the Eagles. What are their thoughts on him? If they think he can contribute this year, all of a sudden you might have some flexibility that you didn't have before. But, yeah. Then we got to the third round for the Eagles. They wanted Tyler Lockett. Oh, okay, that's great. They needed a wide receiver. Awesome. So I started looking down, and I was like, oh, they took a – wait, what? They took five receivers in this draft. Uh, they only have, I think, eight picks. Five of them were wide receivers. Uh, Tyler Lockett from Kansas State, then four in a row at the end, two in round five, round six, round seven, Chris Conley, Kenny Bell, Darren Waller, and Ty Montgomery. People will lose their minds. <laughs> Obviously, that's not going to happen. It's just a little glitch, I'm sure, in the fanspeak.com on the clock. Uh, draft simulator. I've run these simulators through draft techs, um, online uh, mock draft simulator as well. Uh, but this one I just found funny. I sent it out on the Joe Mays and JRF show Twitter page. I was like, was drafting for Titans. Notice this. Guess the Eagles really do need wide receivers, eh? That's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. It was a little, a little funny development. Um, but, again, uh, NFL draft this week. We're going to continue talking this show about the, uh, the draft and some team needs and just a few things that could happen um, with squads that we didn't cover last week. We did Eagles, Cowboys, and Steelers last week. So tonight we're going to finish uh, the AFC North with the Ravens and then jump to the AFC East and do the Dolphins and Patriots. So Why? before we do <laughs> before we do that, let's get a little contact information out there. If there's anyone that would like to call us, email us, or, or get to us on social media, and Justin will have that information for you as soon as I pull it up for him. 
yeah, so um, we, we'd love to have your take um, on any of the things we talked about last week. You know, um, we did talk about a couple of the uh, teams that we, we know our, our listeners uh, follow, and this week we'll have some more. So we'd love to have your take or questions. Um, you can use uh, the Maid Sailor Shop hotline to call us at 530-563-6297. Again, 530-563-6297. You can also use the Maze Sandwich Shop inbox at jomazeandjraf at gmail.com. Again, jomazeandjraf at gmail.com. You can use either of those to get us those questions, um, and Joey will tell you how to get in touch with us on social media. Yeah, we monitor our Facebook fan page and the Twitter account throughout the show, so if you'd like to uh, comment, question us, you know, ask us a question, uh, you know, pretty much anything. We're following uh, our links on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Facebook fan page, you can just search Joe Mays and JRAF show. And on Twitter, we're at Joe Mays and JRAF. So last week we went with a Star Wars theme, which I'm going to continue here. We're not going to watch the video again and waste a couple minutes of time, even though I think you should have all checked it out because within the first day of it being out, 88 million people did. So um, hopefully you watched it by now. Uh, we are going to continue the Star Wars kind of big, theme yeah. because I added it into the show last week and we didn't get to these three teams. So we're going to continue with the uh, Star Wars-inspired NFL helmets. And first up this evening is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. We we, we did their um, rival, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, last week to end the show. So this week we're going to start with them. Again, and to be honest, for you, for you, this Star Wars theme for the Ravens is, is absolutely perfect. perfect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My Gito says my Gito's are in a, in a rogue planet in, in the Star Wars universe that probably very few people listen to the show, if any, have ever heard of <laughs> except me. Uh, and the Sith, most people should recognize, are like the anti-Jedi. They're the evil people in the universe. So them being associated with the Ravens, I have no problem with whatsoever. <laughs> All right, we're using Fanspeak.com's On the Glock mock, dra- mock Draft Simulator. We're going to do three rounds like we did last week. Uh, we're going to use the on-the-clock composite big boards, which takes like eight big boards together, computes them to come up with kind of a consensus big board from some of the bigger sites, Draft Tech being one of them that is utilized. And um, By know, the way, after uh, doing the show last week, I actually um, – I, I did go on to Fanspeak and actually run a couple times of your own. on the Eagles just because yeah. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> so it is really cool. I, uh, I went through and, and ran a couple just to kind of get an idea of who might be there when the Eagles are picking, uh, at least in those first two days. Yeah, and um, we're going to do that. Um, if we have time, though, we rarely ever do. We'll probably try to do an Eagles one again. But um, we're going to start here with the Ravens, and I'll pull it up for you so you can see and follow us along as we talk. The simulator is running. Now, the Ravens pick later in the draft because, as they usually are, they were very good last year. Um they're picking in, in the 20s here, so we're going to actually be in the late 20s. Yeah, we're going to pass the Eagles, the Eagles pick. Yeah. Yeah. Dolphins went offensive tackle. Clemmings from Pitt, which he just came out that he, I think, has an injury problem right now. So I think Clemmings is going to drop down defensive the board. tackle, Eric um, He would probably actually play defensive end for the Eagles yeah. in, in that alignment. But it makes sense. Armstead played where? Did he? He played at Oregon. Oh, my gosh. All right, so now we're at pick 26. That is where the Baltimore Ravens are picking in the first round. Now, we're not going to simulate any trade, so we're going to focus at sitting here, um, round one, pick 26, and some of the players on the board. Um, we see the disgruntled cornerback yeah. kicked off the Washington squad and Marcus Peters. Todd Gurley is still available there and, from the University of Georgia. Um, and, and Melvin Gordon. So is, is Gordon. Uh, some of the wide receivers have been taken, but there's three good ones still on the board. And Jalen Strong from Arizona State, Doyle Green Beckham from Missouri, and Brashad Perriman from Central Florida. If I'm if I'm the Ravens, you, probably those top three listed there are, are the first three that I would consider. 
Now they need because they need cornerback help. I, they need a running back and they need a receiver. Right. Obviously, they lost their receiver to I, the 49ers this offseason. I know. Um, I I think they just signed. Who was the cornerback they got from Colorado a few years ago? Who had Jimmy Smith? All, right. Who had off the field? Oh, from Colorado. I thought he was from Colorado. I could I couldn't be messing that up. But they just re-signed one of their cornerbacks or one of their secondary guys. Okay. Oh, um, I know. I know who you're talking about. Yep. But I like. I, I don't know that they would go with Marcus Peters. They although they've shown a history of not necessarily shying away. Um but I I think uh, I like the Kevin Johnson pick. We've we've talked about that um a little bit. Um but I honestly don't know. I think the fans would want them to go for a running back. I don't know that they do. Um well, Ozzy Newsom has been one of the better GMs exactly, of you know, the last exactly. decade plus here. They've done a very good job of finding gems not only early in the draft, but also, as we mentioned at the top of the show, later in the draft and in the undrafted market. Uh, I, honestly, if I'm drafting, I'm, I think they do. Because of the hype I, around him, right. I think I, they go girly. I think I, they I really do, too. Do. Because a lot of people say, this, despite the injury, and hasn't he had two ACL injuries? That like, I don't know, but he was cleared medically okay, last okay. week and is good it, to go. If you take the injury out of it, which I know you you can or can't do, depending on how you want to look at it, he a lot of people have him as a top ten talent, which is rare for a running back anymore. Um, so to be able to get him at twenty six, I think you have to take him. I think I, he, I agree. He's dynamic enough, and that's something that they haven't had for a few years. Um, because w- even when Ray Rice was playing, he was he wasn't the floor, the Ray Rice that was the star running back. He hadn't been that for a few years. Now, just to um, recap the first round, Jameis Winston did went first overall. But, Marcus Mariota fell sixth to the Jets. Yeah, I haven't really seen him fall much further than the Jets, um, usually on here, um, but he has gone to that sixth. There was a run on defensive linemen from the 49ers, Texans, and Chargers who go Golden Brown, Shelton. Uh, Kendricks went one pick before the Eagles, who then landed the Oregon defensive line prospect, Eric Armstead. Um, not too many surprises there. A lot of defensive linemen, though. Um, well, it's funny. Gurley went off the board, and then, and then the Cowboys, Cowboys take Gordon, Melvin right Gordon, next. Yep. Yeah. So. so I don't want that to happen. Ooh, man, oh, Patriots man, Patriots took Jalen Strong. I don't want that to happen either. <laughs> All right, let's move we're, on. We're going to say, we're going to hope this one. Yeah, this happen. isn't happening. This is just the Ravens pick. That's because we're going to predict the Ravens picks here. All right, so Todd Gurley was our pick in the first round. Let's see how the board shake out. Now, you heard us mention they need a receiver. They need defensive line help after trading uh, Natha to the Lions. And we also need secondary, pr- primarily cornerback help. So those are the areas that we're going to focus on here when the pick our pick comes up in the second round, which should be here shortly, which is right now. Yeah, so, so when we look at it. We've got a running back in Tevin Coleman, who I like, but we just we took Gurley. We have, How, and we just talked about this guy when we talked about the Eagles, Nelson Aguilar. Um, and I think that would be a good pick for them. You have P.J. Williams sitting there. Um, some interesting, you know, did he hurt himself with his DUI arrest? Right. Which he is fighting. He's fighting. He's right. fighting. Yeah. And, you know, and so teams, to give him the, the benefit of the doubt, you know, until that plays itself out, um, I'm not sure this isn't to downplay the DUI. I don't know how much a DUI would affect a team's view on them. And tested. Right, but right. So. What, what – comes out Tuesday or Wednesday, the teams are going to get like the NFL research into these guys, like medical reports, background, everything the NFL has, they'll get. Now, the teams might already have it because they're going to do their own research, but the NFL gives the teams information on these guys. So we'll see how some of these stocks are affected, including P.J. Williams. The two that jump out to me, 
PJ Williams is a good one, but I look at two receivers in Aguilar and Philip Dorsett uh-huh. or the tight end Max Williams. Yeah. The Ravens lost they, um Daniels to the Broncos. Right. They no longer have Pitta, I believe. Well, Pitta's hoping to play this year, I think. Well, we'll see but, what happens with him. Yeah, he's been hurt a lot. So, so that tight end could definitely be a spot that you're looking for. Um, you know, and I guess that would all depend on their grades on, on the wide receivers. I think um, I think it would be very hard. And this is personal preference, and you heard me talk about yeah. it last week. I, it's hard to pass on Aguilar to me. I, I really agree. like Aguilar. Because you're not going to get him after the second no, round. No, if, if if he lasts this long, I'd kind of be a little surprised. I have him going, and we should we should have gone over this already. Maybe we'll wait till the end right before we sign off. I have my mock draft that we're going to look at, and Aguilar's in the first round for me. Yeah, so, so I if I can get him with one of the last picks of the second round, I take him. Yeah, so, so I, think, 40, I don't think you can pass on him. Or pick 26 of the second round, the second pick for the Ravens is going to be wide receiving Aguilar to go with Gurley. Now you've really added some playmakers to that offense. Yeah. Which you need to surround Flacco with that right. if the Ravens want well, to Flacco go farther has come in the playoffs. Out and said that he thinks they're fine with the receivers they have. But what's he supposed to say? Right, exactly. You know, like, throw him under the bus. <laughs> right. If he comes out and says, oh, we need receivers, two things are going to happen. One, his receivers that are there will be mad. And two, everybody's going to rip him for taking money that didn't allow him to sign receivers, which they wouldn't have necessarily spent on receivers anyway. But, you know, like, nothing good can come if he's like, yeah, I, we, I think we need to draft a receiver. Right. Yeah, so, um, man, they were they were going through there, and Dorsett was still there yeah, up until that, that last pick. I was like, oh, man, not that they would take a second wide receiver in the third round, but, man. All right, the guy that stick out, sticks out to me right here is Eric Rowe. I'm a fan of Eric Rowe. I'm not 100% confident he can stay a cornerback in the league. He could make a, a really strong free safety as well. Uh, if if I'm drafting for the Dolphins, I take Rowe in a heartbeat because if he doesn't pan out a corner or you want to immediately change him to free safety, the Dolphins need that. Right. But for the Ravens, I'm not so sure that's the direction they'd want to go. If they're going to stick him at corner and leave him at corner, I think he's the pick, bar night. Other options, though, Anderson from Stanford – would I be a pick. I kind of, and I've been back and forth. I don't know all that much, but Golson from Ole Miss has caught my attention just in a couple things that I've that I've seen. Um, not that they would make him that pick over some others, but just you know, it's a possibility uh, when they get to this point. Um, it it'll be interesting. I I know, like when we look at their their things available here, you know. I don't really see a tight end. Oh, there's one from Hillerman. Yeah. From I don't know State. that that's necessarily the route they're going to go at that point. Jesse James is Jesse available. James, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I feel like they need secondary help. I know they have a lot of other things listed there. I wouldn't be surprised to see them go offensive line. I know that's been a, an issue for them the last couple of years. And you know, Marpet would be letting, a good pick. Some go. guy that doesn't necessarily have to start right away for them, but could develop right. down the and, road. And a lot of people say, like, if you can give him two years, he could end up being one, one of, of the, the best, best players in the, in the draft. draft. Um, you know, and when you get to the third round, I think it's okay to make a pick like that. If, if you have a guy who is a potential, and it's and there don't seem to be really questions about, like, you know, work ethic, or that's not why he ended up at a division. He was division three school. Yeah, wasn't he? his first player ever to play an East right. West Shrine game in front of D three. It's not like he was in trouble and ended up there. He just wasn't. And he was a one of the best recruit. players there too, right. playing against these big so school I prospects. Think, I honestly, I know that's not necessarily. I know they need help other places, but 
if you can get Ali Marfit at the, that late third round pick, I take him. I'd love for the Eagles to take him if they had, you know, if they had the chance to get him in the in the third round. I I think he would be a good fit because you've got some time to develop, but he could be a really big. In the player. last two or three um, draft tech sims, the Dolphins have taken him in the second round. Right, exactly. So, so again, if you can get him in the end of the third, kind of like their second round pick, you know, with the um, Algalar, if you can get him around after when some people think he's going to go. Hey, gold mine. Yeah, exactly. So let's make the pick. Ali Marpet, again, considered Eric Rowe. Um, we mentioned uh, Sinclair's Golson, uh, Ekpre Alomu, again, from Oregon, yeah. a possibility. I don't I think they're going to the double down on wide receiver. <laughs> but another guy that was interesting to me, besides defensive tackle Anderson from Stanford, were the two down here, Gabe Wright from Auburn and Marcus Hardison from Arizona yep. State. I think those are all defensive linemen that if the board plays out like this, that the Ravens would consider. But we're going to go with Ali Marfit. <laughs> so we had first three picks all on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And and in reality, um, you know, I, I know it's kind of funny because they had their ups and downs. You know, they had some turmoil there, all, cons- all things considered, last year. But they got things sorted out. Um, but they had some issues defensively, you know, last year, and we kind of stuck to the offensive side of the ball there. If you add those guys, like I know we're we're kind of back and forth on Flacco a lot, but if you add some legitimate weapons, if if they if none of those guys turn out to be superstars, but they're all solid contributors, that's that could be scary for the AFC North teams because the the Ravens made it the furthest out of the teams there last year with probably the least amount of weapons on offense. You would think, the way the Steelers like compared, were developing compared at the, the end of the Compared to the Steelers and compared to the Bengals. Bengals probably had the most weapons offensively. Maybe not at quarterback. That's a whole Fair show point. right there, Fair right? Point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so to recap the Ravens, we went Todd Gurley round one. Which potential top top ten pick. Some people think he's still going to go top 10. There's a possibility. I've seen right. he's definitely been rising. Round two, stole Nelson Aguilar, the wide receiver right. from USC, who some people have as a first round. First pick. round. And in third, we went with Ali Marpet from Hobart, the guard, who it might take a year to well, develop right. him. But this is a Ravens pick again. And like I mentioned, a lot of sites have him going in the mid to late second or early round three. Ravens got him at the end he's of round three. He's a late three. riser, too. He, he's come on really strong. Um Late, not not so much through the football season, but through uh, a lot of the off season stuff here. It's interesting. Um, I think if if they got those three guys with the way that all of them, their stock has been rising over the last month. I think again, coming out of it, when we look at those draft grades that really are based on anything other than the grades of the individual players. Once again, Auntie Newsom would be reigning king. Uh, maybe not king, but like. The, the Ravens would have a good draft grade if they got those three guys in the first three rounds. All right. So that leaves us with the Ravens draft being <coughs> finished. Duh. Winning. <laughs> and we're going to move on. We're going to just – we're going to breeze through the Dolphins draft. I'm going to probably run this because it's my team, and I do it for draft tech. I just want to put it out there to have my thoughts on these guys and what they're going to do, and then we're going to spend the, the last 10 minutes on the Patriots. Uh, so here we are up to my Miami Dolphins. Again, three rounds, but – Actually, the Dolphins only have two picks, so we're going to do um, first and second round. I should have set that up properly because um, there's no reason to do a third round when Miami doesn't have a pick. So, again, same way. Um, we would be doing three rounds, two for the Dolphins without the third round pick, which was traded to the Saints uh, in the Kenny Stills deal. Again, we're using fanspeak.com's on-the-clock mock draft simulator, a composite of all their big boards. 
And um, we're doing the Miami Dolphins, who pick 14th in the first round. The simulator is running. And, oh, curveball, Marcus Mariota went first overall. And Jameis Winston didn't go to pick six to the Jets. So Jameis Winston to the Jets. I would love to see that happen. Heaven, right? Oh, my gosh. Would that be now, awesome? I'm going to pull this up for you, but this first pick will literally oh, take man. a second because the guy I want is just <laughs> sitting there for me to take. The guy I want the Dolphins to take. Now, obviously, without some of the big-name players dropping because the Dolphins would crave Amari Cooper. The odds of him being available at 14 without trading into the top 10, maybe even the top Unless five. Unless something that no one right, is no one knows about out in that report on Tuesday, that's not going to happen. The Dolphins, and I, I truly believe that Devontae Parker, again, barring any unforeseen things or a trade into the top five, top three, the Dolphins want Parker, and I, I want Parker. I think he's made for the West Coast-style offense that, that Philbin and Bill Lazor are running with the Dolphins. I think he'd be a great addition for Ryan Tannehill with having Jarvis Landry, who's kind of the slot possession guy, yeah, who was incredible now. as a rookie last year. Kenny Steeles, who will you know, take the top off the defense. You have Greg Jennings now as the veteran there who kind of can do it all and is an incredible guy off the field. Now you add Devontae Parker. To that, where you already have Jordan Cameron and Lamar Miller, it becomes, a, it becomes uh, even more of a make-or-break year for Tannehill. It, oh, absolutely it? does. Him and Philbin. But let's be honest. If you're going to have a make-or-break year, you might as well have weapons, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, I mean, like I said, Devontae Parker is the pick. I know Gregory's sitting there. You know, we know his issues with drug testing. I just read a crazy article today on ESPN.com about um, the Warren Sapp draft, 1995, which was linked to Kyle Brady. Yeah. So the Jets fans wanted Sapp or Channing Sapp. They went with Brady. It kind of threw well, everything and, into a mix. Right. And it linked a couple of squads together, including the Browns. Because and the Browns, Belichick, Belichick were wanted take Brady. Brady at they were going to take him. Like, yeah. And the Browns traded out, got the heck out of there. Um, and, you know, the rest is history. Right. We know and what he, happened to Warren Sapp and Kyle Brady. And um, it's just crazy. It was yeah. a really crazy article to read today. Um, but Dolphins definitely taking Devontae Parker. Should he not be there, they would probably consider a cornerback like Waynes or Peters. A lot of people are saying if Gurley falls, Miami could add him to Lamar Miller. It's same thing, weapons for Tannehill in that offense. Uh, I, I like Jalen Strong. I wouldn't be disappointed if they take him, but I think he's definitely, um, uh, you know, an emergency break glass I've, kind of guy. Right. I've heard that. Some people have as many as eight wide receivers going in the first round yeah. this year. Like it, I think at least five are going to go. I yeah, do, yeah. Got that, that's the Cooper, exact breakdown I heard. They Cooper, said White, they'd be Parker. shocked if five don't go. Cooper they White said Parker it could be up to eight. guaranteed. I think. Cooper White Parker guaranteed. They could go in the top ten, top eleven. Yeah. Those first three. Yeah. And but then you have incredible players like Jalen Cooper, Brashad Perriman's jumping up. His father Brett Perriman played at Miami. He's from Central Florida. I just got to see the U, by the way. Oh. Did you watch Isn't it? Isn't it awesome? It's awesome, but it doesn't make me like them. No, but it's a great... <laughs> it makes me like when they show Penn State beating them. Right. Despite... It, we won't get into the ESPN issues here right now, but 30 for 30 is awesome. Oh, 30 for 30 is incredible. Yeah, and I've had that conversation with actually a number of different people over the last week. Um, all based, all started off of different 30 for 30s, which is kind of cool, but the U... There's actually the a follow-up. Right, it's great follow because... The first game of that season, well, the first game of that season when they won the national championship, you know where they opened up? Kind of, Penn State. At Penn State with the expansion when Adam Talaferro ran out of the ran out of the tunnel. Um, that was I went to that game and it was insane. And Penn State wasn't that good. No. But, but they, they weren't awful. 
and that Miami team, it was like watching someone on a completely different level. They did. And Zach Mills ended up coming into the game and and eventually getting getting the spot. Um, But just watching that game, when that team won the Super Bowl, sorry, I got ahead of myself in my story. When they won the, the championship, you thought, okay, that makes perfect sense. I saw this team. They were on a completely different level. 2000? It reminded me of when we saw the Saints play, and we're like, that team's really, really good. good. And they won the Super Bowl. They right? won the Super Bowl. Which I hope I'm doing this year, sitting at the Philadelphia Stadium, the, the link, watching the, the, watching the Dolphins <laughs> play and being like, wow, this team's really good. So anyway, back to Miami. We're in the round two. The last pick we're going to mock here because the Dolphins don't have the third-round pick. They took Parker at 14. There's people saying they could take Brashad Perriman at 14. Well, he's sitting here available at this juncture. He's composite 33rd best player on the board. I don't – obviously, they're not going to double down with receivers that they made. Especially after they traded essentially their third-round pick for a receiver right. already. So now, that would essentially be receivers with their first three picks almost. So. While, while Jalen Collins, by, by some, has been up into the mid-teens in the first round, he's available here in the mid-second round. There are some round, issues that came out. there are some issues, and I think Miami's going to pass. I don't think they go with a hybrid Devin Funches, although they do need a tight end. It would be interesting to have them add Max Williams to, to um, Jordan Cameron – uh, Arthur Lynch and Deion Sims. I think it's a bit of an overkill, though. If they hadn't signed Cameron, I think Max Williams would be all in on. I think if you're going to draft a, a hybrid, put TJ Yeldon in at tight end, <laughs> the way he wrecks people. Uh, so the way the bo- board's fallen here, um, you know, Aguilar's there again, which, you know, if I didn't take Parker, he I would be all over him. Yeah. Um, the Dolphins may help a guard, but Tomlinson's not exactly the best scheme fit. Uh, I don't think Miami needs too much help along defensive line, though they could add a guy to pair with Ndamukong Su and um, Earl Mitchell to, to spell uh, a player. But like someone like Carl Davis um, would be an interesting add for sure. But I think, again, like adding a wide receiver or a, a guard that doesn't fit the scheme would be a bit of overkill. I'm going to pass on, on Davis. Uh, so I think the way I'm leaning right now is more towards – Boy, it's, it's a difficult, difficult choice. Boy. I think despite the issues we, that were brought up when the Ravens were drafting, I think I'm going to go P.J. Williams. I think they do too. Um, so, and they added two veteran cornerbacks in Bryce McCain, who played for the Steelers last year. And now I'm not going to remember his name. He played for the Giants this past year. Um, wasn't there that long, though. But I'm not I'm going to forget his name. But the Dolphins added two cornerbacks in free agency. Um, they need a guy to play opposite Brent Grimes, who's also 32, and they need to find a replacement for. They drafted Jamar Taylor and Will Davis. Uh, this will be their third season coming up. So the, they, they're putting a lot on these guys that haven't done too much in the league or also maybe out of position. Uh, in that Bryce McCain is a good guy to put in the slot, take over for maybe a Jimmy Smith who the Dolphins lost. But they need a number two. I think P.J. Williams can be that guy. He might be a little too physical and might be a little prone to flags early in his career. And obviously, we still have those red flags with the potential DUI, although, like we mentioned, he's fighting that, and there could be some issues there. Uh, But I think if the board falls that way, you add wide receiver Parker in the first round and cornerback P.J. Williams in the second. I think the Dolphins address two big needs. Uh, They don't have a third-round pick, but then there's there's plenty of options in the fourth through sixth rounds. They don't have a seventh-round pick either, but two in the fifth. 
to add, you know, depth at defensive tackle and to find a guard, which are the two big other things they need in addition to free safety. But as I mentioned with Kyle last week and two weeks ago on you last week, the safety class is not great. One of the guys I think they should look at if he's available is uh, Demorius Allen from uh, Arizona State. He's really rising. If he's available at pick 47, Miami could consider him there as well. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, they addressed their needs there um, or some of their needs. They get they get a weapon for Tannehill, and they get a guy to help try and slow down Tom Brady. That's basically, you know, what it comes down to. So, um, you know, it. I think, you know, if P.J. Williams turns out, if he can get, you know, uh, you know, obviously past the DUI thing, but if he can also um, manage the, because I've heard that that issue about they're worried that he's so physical, is he going to be able to play? Not that style, but is he going to be able to adjust to the style he needs to play in the NFL? Because um, you don't want him to be not physical at all, but you can't be getting flagged every time, you know, every time they snap the ball either. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Now, I'm already running the Patriots sim because we're running behind again, but the New England Patriots are up next for those watching us from Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine, and the plethora of states up there that uh, favor the New England team. Uh, let's see. I just want to recap here. Winston went first in this draft with um, Mariota going six. So the quarterbacks are going into the first six picks. That's right. pretty much guaranteed. The interesting thing I noticed was Mari Cooper was the third wide receiver taken, yeah. but all were taken by pick 11. Miami went with a guy who I really don't see them taking in Alvin Dupree, who is a hybrid player. They have that enough already in Deion Jordan, yeah. who they're looking to probably get rid of. Um, maybe for Brandon Boykin and some picks that. from the Eagles. I don't, I don't <laughs> want that. If anything, here's the thing, like, and I understand, but when, when they're going to be getting rid of players, like they don't want Deion Jordan. Like, so I don't want to give up picks for Deion Jordan. You know what I mean? Like I understand the, the value could still be there, but, um, Maybe they do um, like, Deion Jordan for Brandon Boykin straight up. That kills me. But if they're not going to give Brandon Boykin the chance to play, then at least get somebody who you are going to give a chance right. to play. Right. Miami gets know? rid of a piece that isn't working out. They get in a cornerback that they no longer have to draft a guy. It could work out in the long run. We'll find out. That probably will go down uh, Thursday at some point, yeah. either before the draft, during the draft, <laughs> right after the first fight. The Eagles took Marcus Peters in this Patriots sim uh, that started a run on cornerbacks. We see Todd Gurley go to the Cardinals at 24. The Ravens took the tight end, Max Williams, at 26. And we're up with the last pick in the first round, which means the Super Bowl champs are on the clock. Here we are with the New England Patriots at 22. Um, they've got a couple of great options in a few wide receivers that I'd be interested in. Uh, cornerback, including a local guy in Byron I Jones. I was say, you got the guy right there in Connecticut, Byron Jones. Um, you also have Kevin Johnson from Wake Forest. You know, there's – could be some interest there. Um, yeah, I they, I. they would have their choice of guys there. I don't know. If I'm the Patriots and this is the way it shakes out, and let me pull it up for everyone watching to see, I probably either go Strong or Johnson would be my top two for them. I could see them needing running back help, but, but I, I don't, don't know think that it's any way they take a first round running back. No, Launch Baroni just the, didn't work out. The way they just pick up literally anyone and throw them in at running back, why would they take a running right. back at one? So I think Stronger Johnson in the top two with a run, runner-up to maybe Green Beckham and Jones. Uh, Perriman could be thrown into that conversation as well, but those are the ones I'm focused on. So if you had to pick between the wide receiver, add, add help for Brady, or add defensive help, 
uh, with Kevin Johnson, who would you lean towards? I take Kevin Johnson. You'd go with Kevin Johnson, yeah. and I think that's the way that I probably would end up going because it's a deeper wide receiver draft, like, in my opinion, than cornerback. Yeah. So and they've England, already shown the ability to not throw anyone in there, but if Gronk's healthy, they can pretty much put whoever they want out there at wide receiver, and it is a deeper wide receiver draft. So, hey, maybe something crazy like Nelson Aguilar. Or he was probably already. No, there he is down there. Yep. Let's see if he makes it to the 64th pick. How crazy would that be? Not crazy. Not crazy. Yeah, we don't, don't want, want that to happen. We don't want that to happen. But it's working to that point. Because if he's there, we're taking him. Like, there's no. It's going to be close. Uh... Oh, oh, my God, he's, he's there. there. <laughs> so here we are, pick 46 with the Patriots in the second round, the last pick of the You'll second round. Dorsett there, Philip Dorsett is also there, but overall, Nelson Aguilar, I, I think, um, if I remember correctly, when we talked with Kyle Krabs two weeks ago, Aguilar, I think, was a top 20 player to him. Hey. And fringe um, first round, or first round guy, fringe, uh, <clears throat> he'll be taking the first round to him in this draft. He wasn't one of the top 15, I don't believe, but he was right outside of it. So Aguilar is one of his favorite players. We we have him a lot here in this round. I don't see why. I, I, it's hard for me to believe that he's ranked 46. But again, we're at pick 64. He's this is fire. immense value. I don't. <laughs> do you really? Do you have any argument against no, taking Aguilar no. there? You, you have to. Take, the only I could see them taking Dorsett if they have a higher grade or what they're looking for is there. But um, I just the way we've been grading the players, the way we've been talking about them, you know, we've taken him before that every time we've had the chance to. So if he makes right. it that far, we have oh, to Oh, absolutely. Take it. Yeah, I pretty much agree. Um, now, they also need defensive line help. They could both use a tackle and end, especially with Vince Wilfork leaving. So we'll see how that plays out if someone like that drops. Where did he uh, end up? Or did he retire? Houston. Oh, my gosh. Right. Next to J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So I think we're up here now. I think this is about the 96th pick overall. Kevin Johnson, cornerback, Wake Forest, round one. Wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar, USC, round two. Here we are in round three. Who is it going to be? Now, we do – this is where you start to consider maybe a running back. David Cobb from Minnesota is available. Mike Davis from South Carolina. Uh, don't think they're going to double down on wide receiver or cornerback, for that matter. Uh, there's a couple offensive line prospects out there uh, in Trey Jackson, B.J. Finney, and Rob Havenstein. I mean, yeah, and uh... – you know, those Wisconsin offensive linemen, like, it seems like you can't go wrong. Right. That's when you pick the Wisconsin offensive linemen. And when I was working also, on... Also, Donovan Smith is there. When I was working on the Titans mock earlier where the Eagles took five wide receivers or whatever, um, I actually saw... Um, now I forget what I was going to say, what well, I saw. Right. So that's great. Awesome. <laughs> so we're just going to move on. Uh, Patriots, you know, I mentioned all these players that they could consider in offensive line, but... I'm looking defensive line because mm-hmm. I think that's what they need. And I, I'm a big fan of Marcus Hardison from Arizona State. Um, so if he's there, I think he's the pick. There's also Amos available. Uh, again, they've got ammo and the ability to find a gem at a running back later. So I think they favor the defensive line upgrading that. So I would go with Marcus Hardison there. Yeah. Also interesting that just kind of note that they still have Bryce Petty still available here at the end of the third round. I'm not saying he should go. Before that, but I'm just – it wouldn't surprise me if he did. Yeah, he's um, the 104th-rated player in this composite big board, which means he'd be a late third, early, early right. pick. Right, and and I, I, I would agree with that. I just think sometimes, you know, people can – especially once you get to the third round, people are willing to make those jumps now that they weren't 
may be willing to make in the first or second round. All right, so that is our New England. Not that they'd be taking a quarterback because they have. Right, yeah, know, they have Garoppolo, who they right. think is the future. So that's our New England Patriots mock, Jeff. We went with the first round, Kevin Johnson, the cornerback, round two, Nelson Aguilar, the wide receiver, round three, Marcus Hardison, the defensive tackle. All Phil's needs all got incredible value, I believe, at the juncture that they were selected. I don't think anyone would be disappointed with that pick, although if anyone is watching from New England, which I'm not sure they are, I think they're on a cruise as we speak. Um, Hopefully they watch this in the archive and let me know what they think. And maybe this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if they hear them take one of these guys, they can say, hey, I heard it first on the Joe Mason show. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right. So, you know, we've enjoyed talking about the draft, really the last three shows now. I was on with Kyle two weeks ago. Last week we started this process. Today we're finishing it. There isn't going to be a show next week. Uh, We both have some things going on. Take a break. And I'm going to be busy with the draft. So we're just going to take the week off. We will be back on Mother's Day, which I'm sure our wives are happy about. But we're going to do um, one of our best of series shows. And we're going to talk um, best female athletes of all time. Just kind of tie it into the the day, the celebration uh, of mothers out there. And we'll just talk a little bit about who are some of the greatest uh, female athletes, um, you know, in a variety of sports. I'm sure um, tennis and track and field, I'm definitely going to make a a debut uh, on this show and quite possible boxing. And I'm sure there'll be um, some lady basketball as well, because we know that there's plenty of people um, that I love and hate from the world of women's basketball. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, definitely a, a new topic. We, we've revisited some of our best ofs that we've done in the past, but this is definitely a new one for us. Um, so tune in in two weeks for that. So I think that's everything. Do you have anything else to add, Mr. Um, with us being off next week. Uh, yes, um, some shout outs. Shout out. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.